Well, this is Panama Today, and this is your host, Pastor Bill Wilbur, in Gamble. Next 30 minutes, music and inspiration to help you live for Jesus. We're right next to the Panama Canal. During these days, we've been speaking and singing and praying a lot from Psalm 91. Psalm 91. But let me take you into part of this, verse 9, 10, 11. If you make the most high your dwelling, you got to do that. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent or your house, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. That's Psalm 91, verses 9, 10, and 11. So, Heavenly Father, we just want to give you our lives to you right now. Uh, We want to uh, say that you're guarding our tents, you're guarding our homes, you're guarding our families, you're guarding our property. And Father, in Jesus' name, we just want to say, I surrender. I want to be under the Most High God, and I want to see you glorified in the midst of all this. And we pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. My young daughter surprised me one day when she said she didn't want to go to heaven. She said, I'd rather have God come to my house. I was very pleased to tell her that God had already come to our house. When we ask Jesus Christ to be our Savior, He takes up residence in our hearts. So He lives with us all the time in our own homes. Do you know someone who needs to invite God into their house? If He doesn't live in our heart, we'll never live with Him in heaven. People need to know that Jesus Christ brings a new life here and an eternal home in heaven. I'm Dan Southern, encouraging you to share the good news today. Has today's program encouraged you to tell others about the gospel? If so, why not give us a call? Our number is 1-800-704-7672. That's 1-800-704-7672. Today's program was presented by the American Tract Society. I play these programs over and over again. Sometimes you say, I've heard that one before. Good. But have you given any tracks after hearing it to somebody? (laughs) The idea is that we keep on sharing the Lord till the day he takes us home. Either he returns or he takes us home, whatever's first. And I encourage you at a day and age which we are finding people who are listening more than normally. And this is the time you might say, oh, I don't have any tracks. Okay, write your own. Write your own and go over to Copy Center or something and make off some copies and say, hey, you want to hear my story? And they might say, ah, not really. <laughs> but I have a feeling, uh, you know, put a little diagram on it or something, little flower or something, and somebody's going to say, oh, yeah, let me let me hear your story. And that this is a way to do this. And people are listening and responding more than you think they are. So, Father, I just pray right now for every listener who just 
knows all about tracks and the urgency of giving people, but they don't do anything. And so, Father, we're asking right now for a move of your spirit right over this radio program right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I've shared some other uh, testimonies here from what God has done with Touch of Christ Ministries, which is reaching Muslims for Christ. And uh, there are different ways that this happens. I mean, it's signs and wonders and dreams and visions. Sometimes uh, people give a track or the tracks they usually give, by the way, is the Jesus film and also the New Testament in Farsi. So it's a way that they're just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And during these times, it's very risky for them. So my wife, Ann, is here with me again today, and she's going to read a testimony of Touch of Christ, and you'll be encouraged to see what God is doing in the Muslim world. I am reading from an account by a man named Hadar from Turkey. Two years ago, my Christian faith and Touch of Christ involvement were exposed by an Iranian spy in Turkey. Upon my return to Iran, I was arrested and taken to jail directly from the airport. The spy, named Atif, had introduced himself as a teacher and pretended he was interested in Christianity. He even got baptized to show that he wanted to become one of us. For six months, he was involved with all the information I had from believers. At the end, he stole my laptop and my phone, and he took pictures, though we had prohibited believers from doing so. In the prison, the prosecutor said things that only Atif could have reported. I was beaten and hurt in all possible ways. I became very sick with a blood infection. I knew that as soon as the prison authorities got the information they wanted, they would kill me. After two years in prison, I was temporarily released for medical treatment. I ran away from the hospital on the second day there. The Touch of Christ team helped me escape to Turkey. After escaping, I knew there was no returning to my country. I had to either live and do ministry in Turkey or apply to the UN and travel to a third safe country. I decided to stay in Turkey and continue telling Muslims about Jesus. But every three months, I had to go to Turkish police and get a three-month permit. The last time I did this, as I was sitting in Turkish immigration, I noticed that Atif was sitting in the next row. For a moment, our eyes met. I was sure it was Atif. I was both surprised and afraid. I forgot about the appointment that I had barely been able to set up. I got my papers from the metal seat and almost ran outside the building. I noticed Atif was following me, calling my name and asking me to wait. I didn't know what to do. The Turkish police wouldn't defend me since they worked closely with the Iranian Islamic government. I was running fast, but Atif was running after me. He didn't give up. Suddenly, I heard the voice of the Lord. I heard Isaiah 
26.3 God will keep me in perfect peace because I trust him. Hadar, God said to me, What are you afraid of? I am with you. Stay still. I stopped and looked back to see if Atif was still after me. His face was red and he could hardly breathe from running. He came forward. I didn't say anything why I angrily stood there. I tried to control myself. What do you want from me? You almost killed me, I said. Then he said, I am sorry. Please forgive me. This time I really am a Christian. I put my hands on my face and shouted the name of God. I can't believe this, Atif. Why don't you leave me alone? Why must I see you again? I was crying to God. I was tired and frustrated. Atif tried to hug me and kept asking for forgiveness. I am a changed man now, he said. I replied, that is what you said just before you stole my laptop, just before you exposed me to Islamic mullahs. Do you have any idea what they did to me in the prison? Do you know how it feels to get to the airport and instead of going home, you are taken to be beaten and tortured? Hey, Dar, I am a changed man for real. Then he looked at the sky and said, Jesus, you convince Hadar to believe me. I saw the tears in Ataf's eyes. I couldn't shout at him anymore. I got silent. As he wiped his tears, he said, Hadar, two days after you got arrested in the airport, I regretted that I reported you. I saw Jesus in a dream. He told me to repent. You are murdering Christians. You tasted the love of Christians and my forgiveness. Repent, Jesus said. I repented working with the Islamic government, and I promised Jesus I will never go back to them. I tried hard to find which prison you were in and tell them that they had arrested the wrong man, but I couldn't find you. I did wrong to the Christians. I wanted to commit suicide, but people saved me. I hurt Christian families. In that moment, I couldn't believe I felt sorry for Atif. I asked where he was living. He wasn't welcomed by his friends since everybody knew him as an agent, and he didn't want to go back to Iran because he stopped working with the government. The Islamic authorities were after him. Now both of us, a former Iranian spy and a Christian worker escaped from prison, were wanted by the Iranian regime. I called a touch of Christ worker and told him all about Atif. Although he wasn't sure if helping Atif was the right thing to do, I took him to my place and asked him to live with me for a while. The spy who had exposed my identity had finally given his heart to Jesus. His life was completely changed. He got baptized again. He said the first baptism was a fake one to deceive touch of Christ, but the second one was with all his heart. If Jesus can change the lives of people like a thief, he can change the heart of the whole Islamic nation till one day there will be no room for false gods and dead prophets.
in light of that passage that I read at the beginning from Psalm 91, 9, 10, and 11, you can see how the people of Touch of Christ, they use Psalm 91. Actually, they take tracks made out of Psalm 91, duplicate it, and they actually give this to people who are knowing that they're in the midst of a crisis, and which so many people in the world right now are in a time of crisis. Let me read Psalm 91 again here, verses 9, 10, and 11. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels. That's plural, by the way, angels meaning that, no doubt, there are more than one angel that are guarding your house, your family. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, in all your ways. When a person makes a decision for Christ, many times they don't fully realize what God has done for them, how big this is. I have five quick points to share with you from the scripture. The first one is, Christ came into your life. Now, that's a big thing because some people think, well, I got forgiveness, now I can go to heaven. That's true, but there's more to this. Christ came into your life. That's Revelation 3.20. I'll read this slowly. I know some of you are taking notes. Praise the Lord for note-takers. Okay, Revelation 3.20 and Colossians 1.27. Okay, number two, the first is Christ came into your life. Number two, your sins were forgiven. Not just cleaned up, moved around, but they were forgiven. Colossians 1.14. Number three, you became a child of God. Can you imagine that? A child of God, not a slave of God. John 1, verse 12, you became a child of God. Okay, the fourth one is, you received eternal life. John 5, 24. John 5, 24. And so when you know that you've been forgiven, then you also know you have eternal life. And I should note to you in John 17, as we read in verses 1 and 2, that eternal life is actually when you come to know Christ. So your eternal life has begun right here in Panama in your relationship with Christ. And number five you began the great adventure for which God created you. God created you. I should note that God is more anxious for you to know his will than you are. Actually, we fight it all the time. And so what does it mean when we come to Christ? We surrender. I give up my will. So that's John 10, verse 10. I got two more here. 2 Corinthians 
517. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Then we have 1 Thessalonians 5.18. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. You're going to like reading that passage because you're going to find out what you're supposed to do today, the rest of this day. I'm not going to tell you ahead of time what it is. So that's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. So here we are. Number one, Christ came into your life. Number two, your sins were forgiven. Number three, you became a child of God. Number four, you received eternal life. Not just a bad weekend or a good weekend. It's eternal life. You began the great adventure for which God created you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who are faithful, uh, even unto death here that we were reading a few minutes ago, A Touch of Christ. And Father, we thank you for those who have received Christ as Savior and Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you our sins are forgiven. We thank you we have life eternal. In Jesus' name, amen. If you haven't made that decision yet, you simply need to do that. Confess your sins. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Come into my life. I surrender to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen.